as you know, we are here this evening to discuss the untold story of a hero within the Islamic history. The untold story of a man who is worth remembering every single day of our lives, let alone on the anniversary of his martyrdom. He was known in the books of the Muslims, respected and honored by all Muslims as Ibn al-Ridha, the son of Ridha. He's no other man than Al-Imam Muhammad Al-Jawad, salawatullahi wa salamuhu alayhi wa ala abaih al-tahirin. In a nutshell, I will speak of the biography of Al-Imam al-Ridha, certain timelines, and inshallah we will go further in trying to understand some of the most important aspects of his life and legacy. As you remember, brothers, we discussed the biography of a Sayyida, Fatima bint Musa ibn Ja'far, who has the nickname of Ma'asuma and is buried in Qum. And then we discussed the biography of Al-Imam Ali ibn Musa al-Ridha, who is buried in Khurasan. And today we are discussing the biography of his son, Imam Muhammad al-Jawad. Now, we said a criteria in studying those personalities and those individuals, an important criteria would be to understand the circumstances and the surrounding environment in which they lived in. Who were the greatest of scholars at that time? Were they alive in the, during the reign of Bani Umayyah or Bani al-Abbas? Was it during the transition between the Umayyad dynasty to the Abbasid dynasty? Was there freedom given to the followers of Ahl al-Bayt during that period? Or were the followers of Ahl al-Bayt killed and prosecuted? How big and, or how, how, what, how much were the expansions, how vast were the expansions done by then within the Islamic empire. So then we would look at the influence of other civilizations and other cultures onto the Islamic society. Where was the capital city of the caliphate? Was it in, for example, Kufa? Was it in Medina? Was it in Baghdad? Or for example, in this case, in the city of Asakir? Those are very important things that we must ask before we examine the biography of any imam or any ma'asum. Why, brothers and sisters? Because we tend to study some and appreciate some and honor some more than the others. For example, Rasulullah, the master of them all. And of course, he is indeed meant to be honored more than the rest. Amir al-Mu'mineen, similarly. Fatima al-Zahra, al-Imam Hassan, Imam Hussein. However, it's due when we appreciate them so much, it's due to the fact that we understand them. We have studied in detail. We have studied their biography, their hadiths, their companions, their legacy. And the reason why, for example, an average follower of Ahl al-Bayt would not know so much about Imam al-Jawad or Ibn al-Ridha is because we rarely speak of this Imam. We rarely honor this Imam. And it is extremely unfortunate. In a nutshell, let me tell you why every Muslim and every follower of Ahl al-Bayt, and I meant what I said, every Muslim must study and understand the biography of Imam al-Jawad and honor him. This man who only lived 25 years Imam al-Jawad became a martyr at the age 25. And he's known as Shababul al-A'imma, the young man amongst the A'imma, who became a martyr at such a young age. And subhanAllah, it is Thursday night. It is the night where we connect with the Ahl al-Bayt. Let me connect with the tragedy of Imam al-Jawad right in the beginning of this discussion. This Imam 
who was trapped in his home and his own home after he was poisoned. Al-Imam al-Jawad was fasting in days such as those ones. We are commemorating his death on a Thursday. However, his martyrdom was Tuesday. So imagine on a day like the past Tuesday, Al-Imam al-Jawad was fasting. He was observing Siyam. It was the time of Iftar. His wife, Umm al-Fadl, who was a spy on Imam al-Jawad. And inshallah, we will discuss how. She gave him a drink. In some traditions, they say a drink and uh, grapes. A poisonous drink, poisonous grapes. She put those in front of Imam al-Jawad while it was so hot in the city of Samarra, in the city of Asakir, in the city of Baghdad, I apologize. And he, while he was hungry and thirsty, took the drink, he drank the drink and, and took a little bit of the dates. He felt that his inside was burning. So he asked her to bring water to him. She shut the door on Imam al-Jawad and she let him die while he was thirsty in his own home. So in his young age, he reminds us of his mother Fatima. While he took the poison, he reminds us of his grandfather Imam al-Hasan al-Mujtaba. And in his thirst while he died, he reminds us of Mudlum Karbala. Al-Imam Al-Hussein Salawatullahi wa salamuhu alayhi So we salute him And we say to him Assalamu alayka ya jawad al-a'imma Assalamu alayka ya ibn rasulillah Assalamu alayka wa ala ruhika wa badanik He is buried in the city of Baghdad Next to his grandfather Al-Imam Musa ibn Ja'far And they are known to be the gates of hajat Babu al-hawaij So indeed We honor him this evening For many reasons one is due to the fact that Allah, Rasulullah, the Qur'an, and his beloved father, Al-Imam Al-Ridha, honored him. Al-Imam Al-Ridha, salawatullahi wa salamuhu alayhi, in a famous tradition, says that this birth, the birth of Imam Al-Jawad, is the greatest birth with the greatest blessings in one tradition upon our Shia and another tradition upon the Muslims. How so? How is it that the birth of Al-Imam Al-Jawad could have so much blessings? And I said, we have to now study the surroundings and the life and the legacy of Al-Imam Al-Jawad so that we appreciate him. Imam Al-Jawad was born in the year 195 after the Hijrah. And he died in the year 2000, in the year 225. So 100 and 95 to the year 220, I apologize. And within that lifespan of 25 years, Imam al-Jawad witnessed the death of his father, al-Imam al-Ridha, the martyrdom of his beloved father, al-Imam Ali ibn Musa al-Ridha, in the year 203 after the Hijrah. In the year 218, al-Ma'moon al-Abbasi died Al-Ma'moon, who was the murderer and the killer of his father, Al-Imam Al-Ridha. And then he witnessed the Khilafah of Al-Ma'moon's brother, Al-Mu'tasim Al-Abbasi, for two years. Now, we gave you a biography when we were speaking of the life and the legacy of Imam Al-Ridha, of who Al-Ma'moon and Amin were. Their father is Harun Al-Abbasi, and we spoke of the Biography of Harun al-Abbasi, who is known to be Harun al-Rashid, the wise. But we discussed how he was unwise and ungodly in his lifestyle. Then he appointed two of his sons, al-Ma'moon and Amin, to lead the Muslim ummah after him. Al-Amin was killed by the Ma'moon, his own brother. And don't forget this, he ransacked the city of Baghdad from Khurasan. He ransacked the city of Baghdad and he killed his own brother. Uh, I apologize. He ransacked the holy city, uh, the, the city of Khurasan. And he killed his own brother and he declared himself as the Khalifa. 
So he had to deal with murdering his own brother. He had to deal with blood on his hand. And that is why he had to recover the stain by calling on to Imam Ali ibn Musa al-Rida to come towards the city of Khurasan, which was the capital city then, and to become his successor. This way, he was able to stop all the revolutions that were happening around the Muslim world against the Abbasi dynasty due to the fact that they were unjust people. Now, this was a strategic move on their behalf to say, Imam Ali ibn Musa al-Rida, the son of Rasulullah, has given us legitimacy and has given us, has given Ma'moon legitimacy. However, obviously, Imam al-Rida was forced to do so. Then he, we spoke in the biography of Imam al-Rida, how he poisoned Imam al-Rida and he got rid of him. Now, Imam al-Jawad at that time is only seven or eight years old and he lives in the holy city of Medina. And he, at a very young age, began to show his miraculous nature of having infinite knowledge given to him by the Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is where I want to pause and this is what I want to talk about. So here is Imam al-Rida who has become a martyr. Prior to Imam al-Rida becoming a martyr, why is it that the birth of Imam al-Jawad not only gave legitimacy to his own imama because he was born out of Imam al-Rida salawatullahi alayhi. His father was Imam al-Rida and his grandfather was Musa ibn Ja'far and his lineage continues to Rasulullah. And this is what Rasulullah has been quoted to say even in Sahih Bukhari and the Sahih of the Muslims. Al-A'immati, Al-A'immah or in some traditions Al-Khulafa or in some traditions Al-Umara or min ba'di ithnay ashar kulluhum min Quraysh wa kulluhum min wuldi Fatima. The Imams after me are 12 they are from Quraysh and they are from the children of Fatima. And this is not applicable to anyone besides this lineage of the 12 Imams. But how is it that he even gave legitimacy to his father's Imam? His father, Imam al-Rida was seen as somebody who's growing old and not having a child. Yet he had promised everyone that he will have a child. So by the time al-Imam became 20 and 30 and he hit his 40s, he still did not have children. And he did not have somebody who's going to continue the line of imamah. But he kept re-emphasizing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bless him with a child. And that is why the birth of the imam, Imam al-Jawad, was a barakah upon all the followers of the Ahlul Bayt and all the Muslims. Not only there. But just like Isa ibn Maryam began to speak and began to show a miraculous nature and have knowledge, of the unseen in his cradle, according to the Quran, Imam al-Jawad began to speak of the miraculous nature that of the knowledge that he had from the age four and five and six and seven and onwards. Imam al-Rida, salawatullahi alayhi, writes letters to Imam al-Jawad while he was a young boy. Imagine separating from your beloved son. He left him in the last three years of his life. So when he was five, he left him. And he was driven to Khurasan. And Imam al-Jawad stayed in Medina. So Imam al-Rida would write letters to his five-year-old, six-year-old, and seven-year-old son. And he would give him the kunya, the nickname of Abba Ja'far. The father of Ja'far. That is why we read in dua of the month of Rajab, Allahumma inni as'aluka bil mawludayni fi Rajab. O oh Allah, I ask you and the two honorable names of those who were born in the month of Rajab. Both of them are Abu Ja'far, Imam al-Baqir and Imam al-Jawad. We ask Allah in the month of Rajab and the honor of their birth to give us our hajat. So Imam al-Jawad was born in the month of Rajab and he was given the nickname of Abu Ja'far. Imam al-Rida would write for him, Fidaka abuka. May your father be a sacrifice to you. Imagine the language that the Ahlul Bayt used amongst themselves and imagine the respect that Imam al-Rida showed the Imam that will succeed after him. So a lot of the followers of Ahlul Bayt, a lot of Imams, a lot of scholars, a lot of fuqaha, a lot of the followers of Imam al-Rida would ask him questions. 
and Imam al-Rida will tell them to ask Abu Ja'far, meaning who? Imam al-Jawad, while Imam al-Jawad was five years old. How is this the most blessed birth? Is when the Shia and the followers of Ahl al-Bayt at this stage realize that the Imama is a position given by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and a five-year-old can have such vast knowledge. And for those who want to see the life and the legacy and study the 1,000 ahadith of Al-Imam Al-Jawad, look at Mawsu'at Al-Imam Al-Jawad compiled, the encyclopedia of Imam Al-Jawad, compiled in two volumes by Sayyid Hussein Qazwini. 1,000 ahadith from Imam Al-Jawad. And he lists 200 of his companions. Imagine... He became a martyr at the age 25, yet he has 200 scholars, fuqaha and mujtahids to be amongst his companions. For example, Ibn Mahzayar was one of his companions, one of, one, was one of the fuqaha, one of the ulama. Hassan and Hussein al-Ahwazi, the two brothers who were the, from Ahwaz, the great scholars who became the students of Al-Imam Al-Jawad sallallahu alayhi and many, many other companions, many other ulama who became students of Imam al-Jawad. So when Imam al-Jawad respond, would respond at, respond at such a young age, the, the followers of Ahl al-Bayt realized the barakah of the position of Imam. Just like Allah gave infinite knowledge to Isa ibn Maryam, he gave it to Imam al-Jawad. Now why is it full of barakah for all the Muslims? And I'll tell you why. Al-Ma'mun al-Abbasi was a very smart man and possibly the smartest of all of Bani al-Abbas. So he forced Imam al-Jawad to marry his daughter Umm al-Fadl who was also older than Imam al-Jawad. At a very young age, they did, he, uh, they did the engagement and then Imam al-Jawad after uh, the age 15, I believe, he um, did the marriage with Umm al-Fadl by force of the Ma'mun. So he dragged him from Medina just like he did to his father. He brought him all the way to Khurasan and he had to live with Umm al-Fadl which was the daughter of the Ma'mun. So that anything that the Imam says, anything that he does, the letters that he receives, the letters that he writes, the companions that he meets, she gives all that information to her father al-Ma'mun al-Abbasi. And Imam al-Jawad you know was in danger. The Shia at that time were prosecuted and we don't have, unfortunately we don't have time to dwell into the details. And that is why you find the Hirz known as Hirzul Jawad. Dua for protection that Imam al Jawad carries. And it's in Mafatih al Janan. And I suggest every one of you uses this dua for protection. And it's also in the form of rings. Some people wear those rings. So this was a protection against his wife, Umm al Fadl. But Al Ma'mun was smart. He wanted to keep Imam al-Jawad alive, but not obviously kill him. Al-Ma'mun brought him to, the, to his chambers and he would honor him like he would honor Imam al-Rida. And he would call him Ibn al-Rida and he would honor him. So one day he wanted to put Imam al-Jawad at test just like he put his father, Imam al-Rida, previously at test. And for those who have not heard our lecture on the biography of Imam al-Rida, you may go and find it now and listen to the biography of Imam al-Rida twined and connected to the lecture today. So, he brought him, Imam al-Rida was, Imam al-Jawad was probably nine years old and he called out the greatest of scholars, the mufti of the time, by the name of Yahya ibn Aktham and he was in his 80s and he was a scholar. And he would honor Imam al-Jawad. Yahya ibn Aktham then says, to Al-Ma'mun, Ya Khalifatullah, allow me to ask him a question. So we see whether he is deserving of all this respect that you're giving him. That you're giving him. So he, Al-Ma'mun, says, إِنَّهُ يَعْلَمُ مَا لَا تَعْلَمُونَ He knows what you guys don't know. Ask him. So Yahya ibn Aktham says to him, I hear that you're a alim. I hear that you're a scholar. Imam Jawad at the age nine, look at his response. He says, I am not ignorant. Subhanallah. Being humble, yet giving a more complete answer. 
He doesn't, because an alim could know many things, but not all things. Imam al-Jawad says, I am not ignorant, meaning I am not ignorant of anything. But yet, becomes so humble in his response. So he says then, allow me to ask you a question. What do you say about a man who is in the state of ihram and he hunted? Now, for the scholars, for the researchers, you would know that the fiqh, the jurisprudence and the laws of hajj are extremely complex, extremely complicated. Imam al-Jawad, you know, Yahya ibn Aktham and the, the people thought that Imam al-Jawad was going to give a response. But Imam al-Jawad then gave Yahya ibn Aktham 20 questions in response to this question. He said, was it night or was it day? Was it a free man or was it a slave? Was he balagh or was he not? Was it a bird or was it a bigger animal? Was it a small bird or a, a big bird? Did he know that he shouldn't hunt or did he not know? Did he eat what he had hunted or did he not? Was he hungry? Was he not? So he, he basically projects 20 questions to Yahya ibn Aktham. Yahya ibn Aktham is puzzled. He's astonished and he says, Ya Rasulullah. Why don't you tell us every single one of them? And Imam al-Jawad begins to respond to every single one. Yahya ibn Aktham is embarrassed. They now know the value of Imam al-Jawad. He is about to stand and leave. Imam al-Jawad says, Do you allow me? Do you allow me to ask you a question? Obviously, Yahya ibn Aktham was embarrassed. He knew that this young man is going to be very tough. He's a, he's a scholar. He's a alim. He says, go ahead. Imam al-Jawad says, what do you say about a man who looks at a woman in the morning and she is halal to him? An hour later, she is haram to him. An hour later, she is haram. An hour later, she is halal. An hour later, she is haram. An hour later, she is halal. An hour later, she is halal. An hour later, she is haram. Six times. In one day, Yahya ibn Aktham says, Rasulullah, my brain isn't working enough to tell you how can a woman becomes haram three times and halal three times in one single day uh, to a man. And for those of you who have not heard the story, I don't have time to give you the details of the story. You may find it in other lectures that I have given. So then they understand the value of Imam al-Jawad. Another time is when they brought a thief into the presence of al-Ma'moon Every scholar gave his opinion on where they should amputate the hand of the thief. And Imam al-Jawad said instead of the elbow and it's instead of amputating the entire arm or the elbow or amputating from the wrist, you only take four fingers. And he quoted a verse from the Quran. So they understood the value, the ilm of Imam al-Jawad at a young age. And this is how his birth is a blessing upon all the Muslims. The whole Muslim community had not seen a man at such an age, the age 9, the age 10, the age 12, 15, give answers to questions that ulama in their 80s could not respond to. Imam al-Jawad didn't have a teacher. There isn't anybody who claims I am the, the, the teacher of Jawad uh, ibn al-Ridha. I am the teacher of Muhammad bin Ali ibn Musa al-Ridha. No, there is no one to claim such a thing, but there are 200 scholars who take pride in being the students of Imam Muhammad al-Jawad. Now, until the age, until the year 218, Al-Ma'moon al-Abbasi died, who publicly would respect the Imam. And he respected the Imam al-Rida as well publicly. But privately, he was waiting to keep Imam al-Jawad on uh, surveillance. But after al-Ma'moon died, his reckless, ignorant brother al-Mu'tasim came. And he summoned his niece, Um al-Fadl. And he told her that you have to have al-Jawad under 20 hour, 24 hours of surveillance. And at that time, Imam al-Jawad had another wife by the name of Umm al-Hadi, and he honored her. And there was friction amongst the two. So al-Mu'tasim then called Umm al-Fadl, 
to poison Imam al-Jawad. And we discussed the story of the martyrdom of Imam al-Jawad. However, let me give you a brief history of what was happening after the death of al-Ma'mun. After the death of al-Ma'mun, al-Mu'tasim found himself at risk. You got to remember, those guys end up killing each other, end up killing brothers. Uh, a son kills his father. Uh, 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 the, when he takes a throne, he kills his brothers, he kills his uncles. Al-Mu'tasim al-Abbasi. As soon as he became a caliph, he had a brother by the name of al-Abbas al-Abbasi. And he had a chief of his armed forces. Ju'ayb, I think his name was. I'm not sure. He has a very sophisticated and difficult name. Um, they met. Those two met. His brother and the chief of the armed forces met. Now, as soon as they were done with the meeting, his spies told him that your brother met with the chief of the armed forces. He called them both. He imprisoned them for 10 days. He didn't give them food and water to drink for 10 days. Now, they didn't eat for 10 days. They didn't drink for 10 days. He could have just killed them. He could have just hung them. But no, he wanted to torture them until they died on the 10th day from hunger and thirst. So this, is, this was Al-Mu'tasim. And he wanted to get rid of Imam al-Jawad. And he felt threatened because now he has killed his own brother. And he has killed his chief of army. His mother was from the Turks. So he brought in 18,000 bodyguards for himself. Imagine 18,000 bodyguards from the Turks. And he paid them prime money, big money from Beit al-Mal to be his bodyguards. Then he realized he's still in danger. So he left from Baghdad north to a city called Surra Man Ra'a. Then the city's name changed to Asakir because he came with his Askar. Askar means armed forces, 18,000 bodyguards and the rest of the Muslim army. Arrived to Surra Man Ra'a or known as Samarra where Imam Al-Hadi, Imam Al-Askari are buried and Imam Al-Mahdi's Ghaiba began from Samarra. And we visit Imam Al-Hadi and Imam Al-Askari in Samarra. So he went there and he, they changed the name of the city to Askar. And that is why Imam Hassan al-Askari is known as Askari. So he went to Asakir and he told Umm al-Fadl to poison al-Imam al-Jawad. Our time has reached its end, brothers and sisters. But let me ask you something. How much do we know of Imam al-Jawad? How many hadiths have we, wrote, have we read from Imam al-Jawad? How have we honored the name of the son of al-Imam al-Ridha? This man that they say, if you want your hajat to be given to you when you visit Al-Imam Al-Ridha, then you ask him in, a beloved, in his beloved son's name, Al-Imam Muhammad bin Ali ibn Musa Ridha, Ibn Al-Ridha, Al-Imam Al-Jawad, this man who died as a mazloom, who lived as a mazloom, and who's a mazloom until now. So inshallah, without further ado, I'd like to ask you all, Please to listen to the beautiful recitation of Dua Kumail. And once we are done with Dua Kumail, inshallah, we will recite a salawat, Surah Al Fatiha, plus Surah Qulhu Allahu Ahad, followed by Surah Inna Anzalnah for the soul of the uh, uh, late father of our respected reciter, Brother Zahir, and also. For all the mu'mineen and mu'minat that have passed away from our community recently. And also my beloved aunt who passed away as well uh, about a week ago. May Allah bless you all. A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. اللهم صل على محمد وآل محمد اللهم إني أسألك برحمتك التي وسعت كل شيء وبقوتك التي قهرت بها كل شيء وخضع لها كل شيء وذل لها كل شيء وبجبروتك التي غلبت بها كل شيء وبعزتك
التي لا يقوم لها شيء وبعظمتك التي ملأت كل شيء وبسلطانك الذي على كل شيء وبوجهك الباقي بعد فناء كل شيء وبأسمائك التي ملأت أركان كل شيء وبعلمك الذي أحاط بكل شيء وبنور وجهك الذي أضاء له كل شيء يا نور يا قدوس يا أول الأولين ويا آخر الآخرين اللهم اغفر لي الذنوب التي تهتك العصم اللهم اغفر لي الذنوب التي تنزل النقم اللهم اغفر لي الذنوب التي تغير النعم اللهم اغفر لي الذنوب التي تحبس الدعاء اللهم اغفر لي الذنوب التي تقطع الرجاء اللهم اغفر لي الذنوب التي تنزل البلاء اللهم اغفر لي كل ذنب اذنبته وكل خطيئه اخطاتها اللهم اني اتقرب اليك بذكرك واستشفع بك الى نفسك واسالك بجودك ان تدنيني من قربك وان توزعني شكرك وان تلهمني ذكرك اللهم اني اسالك سعال خاضع متذلل خاشع ان تسامحني وترحمني وتجعلني بقسمك راضعا قانعا وفي جميع الاحوال متواضعا اللهم واسالك سعال من اشتدت فاقته وانزل بك عند الشدائد حاجته وعظم فيما عندك رغبته اللهم عظم سلطانك وعلى مكانك وخفي مكرك وظهر امرك وغلب قهرك وجرت قدرتك ولا يمكن الفرار من حكومتك اللهم لا اجد لذنوبي غافرا ولا لقبائحي ساترا ولا لشيء من العمل القبيح بالحسن مبدلا غيرك لا اله الا انت سبحانك وبحمدك ظلمت نفسي وتجرأت بجهلي وسكنت الى قديم ذكرك لي ومنك علي اللهم مولاي كم من قبيح سترت وكم من فادح من البلاء اقلت وكم من عثار وقيت وكم من مكروه دفعت وكم من ثناء جميل لست اهلا له نشرت اللهم عظم بلائي وافرط بي سوء حالي وقصرت بي اعمالي وقعدت بي اغلالي وحبسني عن نفعي بعد املي وخضعتني الدنيا بغرورها ونفسي بجنايتها 
ومطالي يا سيدي فأسألك بعزة لا يحجب عنك دعائي سوء عملي وفعالي ولا تفضحني بخفي ما اطلعت عليه من سري ولا تعاجلني بالعقوبة على ما عملته في خلواتي من سوء فعلي وإساءتي ودوام تفريطي وجهالتي وكثرة شهواتي وغفلتي وكن اللهم بعزتك لي في كل الأحوال رؤوفا وعلي في جميع العمور عطوفا إلهي وربي من لي غيرك أسأله كشف ضري والنظر في أمري إلهي ومولاي أجريت علي حكما اتبعت فيه هوى نفسي ولم أحترس فيه من تزين عدوي فغرني بما أهوى وأسعده على ذلك القضاء فتجاوزت بما جرى علي من ذلك بعض حدودك وخالفت بعض عوامرك فلتلوا علي في جميع ذلك ولا حجة لي فيما جرى علي في قضاءك وألزمني حكمك وبلاك وقد أتيتك يا إلهي بعد تقصيري وإسي على نفسي معتذرا نادما منكسرا مستقيلا مستغفرا منيبا مقرا مذعنا مترفا لا أجد مفرا مما كان مني ولا مفسعا أتوجه إليه في أمري غير قبولك عذري وإدخالك إياي في سعة من رحمتك اللهم فاقبل عذري وارحم شدة ضري وفكني من الدي وثاقي يا رب ارحم ضعف بدني ورقة جلدي ودقة عظمي يا من بدأ خلقي وذكري وتربيتي وبري وتغذيتي هبني لابتداء كرمك وسالف بالركبي يا إلهي وسيدي وربي أتراك معذبي بنان بعد توحيدك وبعد من طوى عليه قلبي من معرفتك ولهج به لساني من ذكرك واعتقضه ضميري من حبك وبعد صدق اعترافي ودعائي خاضعا لربوبيتك هيهات أنت أكرم من أن تضيع من ربيت أو تبعد من أدنيت أو تشرد من آويت أو تسلم إلى البلاء من كفيته ورحمت وليت شعري يا سيدي وإلهي ومولاي أتسلط النار على وجوه خرت لعظمتك ساجدا وعلى ألسن نتقت بتوحيدك صادقة 
وبشكرك مادحا وعلى قلوب اعترفت بإلهيتك محققا وعلى ضمائر حوت من العلم بك حتى صارت خاشعا وعلى جوانح سعت إلى أوطان تعبدك طائعا وأشارت باستغفارك مذعنا ما هكذا الظن بك ولا أخبرنا بفضلك عنك يا كريم يا كريم يا رب وأنت تعلم ضعفي عن قليل من البلاء الدنيا وأقوباتها وما يجري فيها من المكانه على أهلها على أن ذلك بلاء ومكروه قليل مكثوه يسير بقاؤه قسير مدته فكيف احتمالي لبلاء الآخرة وجليل وقوع المكانه فيها وهو بلاء تطول مدته ويدوم مقامه ولا يخفف عن أهله لأنه لا يكون إلا عن غضبك وانتقامك وسخطك وهذا ما لا تقوم له السماوات والأرض يا سيدي فكيف بي وأنا عبدك الضعيف الذليل الحقير المسكين المستكين يا إلهي وربي وسيدي ومولاي لأي الأمور إليك أشكو ولما منها أضج وأبكي لأليم العذاب وشدته أم لطول البلاء ومدته فلئن صيرتني للأقوبات مع أعدائك وجمعت بيني وبين أهل بلائك وفرقت بيني وبين أحبائك وأوليائك فهبني يا إلهي وسيدي ومولاي وربي صبرت على عذابك فكيف أصبر على فراقك وحبني صبرت على حر نارك فكيف أصبر عن النظر إلى كرامتك أم كيف أسكن في النار عفوك فبعزتك يا لي ومولاي أقسم صادقا لأن تركتني ناتقا لأضجن إليك بين أهلها ضجيج الآمرين ولأصرخن إليك صراخ المستصرخين ولأبكين عليك بكاء الفاقدين ولأنادينك أين كنت يا ولي المؤمنين يا غاية آمال العارفين يا غياث المستغيفين يا حبيب قلوب الصادقين ويا إله العالمين أفتراك سبحانك يا إلهي وبحمدك تسمع فيها صوت عبد مسلم سجن فيها بمخالفته وذاق طعم عذابها بمعصيته وحبس بين أطباقها بجرمه وجريرته يضج إليك ضجيج مؤمن لرحمتك ويناديك بلسان أهل توحيدك ويتوسل إليك بربوبيتك يا مولاي فكيف يبقى في العذاب وهو يرجو ما سلف من حلمك أم كيف تؤلمه النار وهو يأمل فضلك ورحمتك أم كيف يحرقه لهيبها 
وأنت تسمع صوته وترى مكانه أم كيف يشتمل عليه زفيرها وأنت تعلم ضعفا أم كيف يتقلقل بين أطباقها وأنت تعلم صدقا أم كيف تزجره زبانيتها وهو يناديك يا رب أم كيف يرجو فضلك في عتقه منها فتتركه فيها هيهات ما ذلك الظن بك ولا المعروف من فضلك ولا مشبه لما عملت به الموحدين من برك وإحسانك فباليقين أقطع لو لا ما حكمت به من تعذيب جاحديك وغضيت به من إخلاد معانديك لجعلت النار كلها بردا وسلاما وما كان لأحد فيها مقرا ولا مقاما لكنك تقدست أسماءك أقسمت أن تملأها من الكافرين من الجنة والناس أجمعين وأن تخلد فيها المعاندين وأنت جل ثناؤك قلت مبتدئا وتطولت بالإنعام متكرما أفمن كان مؤمنا كمن كان فاسقا لا يستوون إلهي وسيدي فأسألك بالقدرة التي قدرتها بالقضية التي حتمتها وحكمتها وغلبت من عليه أجريتها أنتهب لي في هذه الليلة وفي هذه الساعة كل جرم أجرمت وكل ذنب أذنبت وكل قبيح أسررت وكل جهل عملت كتمته أو أعلنت أخفيته أو أظهرت وكل سيئة أمرت بإثباتها الكرام الكاتبين الذين وكلتهم بحفظ ما يكون مني وجعلتهم شهودا علي مع جوانحي وكنت أنت الرقيب علي من ورائهم والشاهد لما خفي عنهم وبرحمتك أخفيت وبفضلك سترت وأن توفر حظي من كل خير تنزله أو إحسان تفضله أو بر تنشره أو رزق تبسطه أو ذنب تغفره أو خطأ تسدره يا ربي يا ربي يا يا إلهي وسيدي ومولاي ومالك رقي يا من بيده ناصيتي يا عليما بضري ومسكنتي يا خبيرا بفقري وفاقتي يا ربي يا ربي يا رب أسألك بحقك وقدسك وأعظم صفاتك وأسمائك أن تجعل أوقاتي في الليل بذكرك معمورة وبخدمتك موصولة وأعمالي عندك مقبولة حتى تكون أعمالي وأورادي كلها وردا واحدا وحالي في خدمتك سرمدا يا سيدي يا من عليه معوري يا من إليه شكوت أحوالي يا ربي يا ربي يا رب قو على خدمتك جوارحي واشتد على العزيمة جوانحي وحبلي الجد في خشيتك 
والدوام في الاتصال بخدمتك حتى أصرح عليك في الميادين السابقين وأسرع عليك في المبادرين وأشتاق إلى قربك في المشتاقين وأدنو منك دنو المخلصين وأخافك مخافة الموقنين واجتمع في جوارك مع المؤمنين اللهم ومن أرادني بسوء فأرد ومن كادني فكد واجعلني من أحسن عبيدك نصيبا عندك وقربهم منزلة منك وأخسهم زلفة لديك فإنه لا ينال ذلك إلا بفضلك وجدني بجودك واعطف علي بمجدك واحفظني برحمتك واجعل لساني بذكرك لهجا وقلبي بحبك متيما ومن علي بحسن إجابتك وأقلني عثرتي واغفل زلتي فإنك قضيت على عبادك بعبادتك وأمرتهم بدعائك وضمنت لهم الإجابة فإليك يا ربي نصبت وجهي وإليك يا ربي مددت يدي فبعزتك استجب لي دعائي وبلغني مناي ولا تقطع من فضلك رجائي واكفني الشر الجن والإنس من أعدائي يا سريع الرضا اغفر لمن لا يملك إلا الدعاء فإنك فعال لما تشاء يا من اسمه دواء وذكره شفاء وطاعته غناء إرحام الرأس ماله الرجاء وسلاحه البكاء يا سابغ النعام يا دافع النقام يا نور المستوحشين في الظلام يا عالم لا يعلم صل على محمد وآل محمد وافعل بي ما أنت أهله وصلى الله على رسوله والأمة الميامين من أهله وسلم تسليما كثيرا اللهم صل على محمد وآل محمد أحسنتم وطيب الله أنفاسكم Thank you very much for this beautiful recitation Thank you for joining us and thank you for giving your time. May Allah bless you, inshallah. Brothers and sisters, at this time, we will be thanking our respected Qari and our respected brother, Brother Zahir, inshallah. And we will conclude the Dua Kumail session with a recitation of Surah Al-Mubarakat Al-Fatiha for his late father. Could you please say the name? Haj Muhammad Zahir Husseini. Haj Muhammad Zahir Husseini and my late aunt, uh, Sayyida Iman Al Riyadh. Let us recite Surah Al Mubarakat Al Fatiha.